With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I can promise you tonight we have an exciting and powerful show. Our guest tonight is Janelle Thompson, better known as Israel Jewel. And if you have MySpace, if you have a MySpace account, if you're ever on there, you can go to her website to uh, email her or ask her any questions or comments or anything that you may have after the show. Janelle is a wife, a soon-to-be mother, a model. (laughs) Welcome, Janelle. Also, as our co-host tonight, we have Denisha Jackson, better known as Awesome Wonder. When you get a chance, please go on the website, MySpace, and and, uh, check Awesome Wonder out. Denisha is a mother, ambassador for Christ, and a wonderful life coach. By the end of the show, you'll know what I mean when I say life coach. Ladies, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hi, Janelle, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, uh, you know what? We're going to have so much fun tonight because we're having, uh, the topic is why women marry, why women don't. And last week the show was why men marry, why men don't. And I received a lot of emails from the guys saying, you know what? It was just guys on there last week. We want to know from the women what they think about and what they have to say about why women marry and why women don't. Janelle, I want to start with you. Why do okay. you think women marry? Now, I'm not saying uh, they're just marrying just to be marrying, but why do you think women marry? Um, I think women marry because that's something that is is set set by society. It's like you have to have the husband, the children, the the uh big house, picket fence, so it's like women are bombarded with that in the media, be it TV, um, radio, that you have to be married. Yeah, okay. If you're just joining in, please give us a call if you have any questions or comments. The number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Denisha, why do you think women don't marry? Mm. I think at the heart of why a lot of women don't marry, if it's by choice, I think for a lot of women it's fear. Okay. Um, Fear of not wanting to have the life that you think everybody else wants you to have or the fear that you don't measure up or the fear that you won't find that perfect man. Um, But I also think women don't marry. Some people just choose to fight the power for women. You know, it's like, well, women's live and we're we're not going, we don't have to be married and it's okay. Oprah's not married and she's happy, so surely I can be single and be happy too. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess, 
a lot of men think that when a woman is in the corporate world and she's making all this money and she's got power at her job, and he's thinking, how am I supposed to be the head? <laughs> when she's bringing all the money, she's got all this power, all these employees are under her. And I think I think that intimidates a lot of men. And, and with that, do you think the women in the corporate world that's out there, the judges, the lawyers, the people that are in the professional world, that's that's making all of this money? And I say money because that's the big issue with men. Now, let's flip that. When the women is, you know, she's out there making all this money. Do you think she's saying, you know what? If I can't find somebody in the corporate world or making as much money as I'm making, I'm not going to go down and marry mm. someone. What, Absolutely what do you think? not. Absolutely what? not. I have so many friends who are in the corporate world who I have attorney friends. I have friends who make two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a year. Um, and they are married to someone who makes really good money, but the, their spouse may make really good money and make $90,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Or he might be a blue-collar worker and make really good money but make $75,000 a year. Um, I think, I mean, I I was reading an article once where a woman said, this is how I think desperate women have gotten. A woman said there's nothing wrong with (laughs) dating a guy who is in jail. Once he gets out, just fix him up. Because that's how desperate women had gotten. Like, well, it's okay. Like, don't be so picky. There's a man out there. You just have to choose to, you know, lower your standards. Right. Mm. Um, but you know what? You know what? I, I hear this all the time. There's no good men. Uh, the men, uh, the, all of the good men are in jail or in prison or whatever. My my thing my my comment to that is, well, how many men do you need? You can only marry one. <laughs> why why are you saying all these men are in prison? What does that have to do with you and your Adam? Right. Now, what what do you think it is? Do you think that a lot of women are settling for uh, a, a Pookie or a Ray Ray instead of getting you know instead of what God has created for them, which we know we have to be patient and let Him bring us. You know, but let you let let God bring you your Adam, because it says in the Bible, a man that findeth a wife. It doesn't say a wife that findeth a man. Right. Do you think the women are just settling for less than what God has for them to, because of society and the pressures of the world to say, you know what, you need to be married. You're not married. You need to have the picket fence, like you said earlier. Do you think that's something that's going on? Yeah, I I feel that because um. Especially you hear sometimes when talking about women who want to have children and they say, oh, my my biological clock is ticking, that can also go for them wanting to be married because I know a lot of young girls when they grow up, they say, oh, I want to be married by this age and have this many children and this. So they have that set in their mind that, okay, I'm not married by 28. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So then they just go out and they just settle for anybody instead of, waiting for God to send the one that he has for her. Yes, so she's just, you know, she's been praying for a husband, and that's what she married to. She just got a husband and nothing else is what you're saying. Basically. Yes. Okay, we have a caller from the 919 area code. Caller? 
919 area code caller. Hello. <laughs> Hello. This is Mama J. That's, there she is. <laughs> How you doing, Mama J? Did, have, have you heard what we've been discussing so far? <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a yes. Oh, well. I have been listening to, um, you know, the comments and the statements that have been made. Now, this is my take on the whole thing. From the your little girl, the stage has been set. They give they give you dolls and they give you the the dollhouse and the, you know that's the stage. You you start playing mommy, right? Yes, right. And, and as as you start playing mommy, you know that that's one of the rehearsals. The dress rehearsal gets when you start. In high school, in college, you know, and you see all your friends talking about getting married, and they, you know, and you said, well, you know, uh, this this is my shopping list for a husband. This is what I want. This is what he's going to make. This is what, you know, you've got it all figured out. And if this is what I'm saying. I'm saying you have it all figured out. You have, you know, it's not God-ordained, God-centered. It's what you want and what you desire. And then, I, I think I think it was Terry at one time who said, you know, going to to be a party of a wedding, you always have to deal with the question, well, you go be next. That's put in pressure on women. Mm-hmm. So you just don't want to listen to that at the next family reunion and the next class reunion or whatever, and you start settling second best or third best or fourth best. That's that's some of the reasons that women marry. They, they don't want to be the odd man out. And and they feel like their biological clock is ticking. So they grab the first thing that, that comes along. Gold teeth and all. Now they've settled for... Uh, uh, and, you know, and really, and they go, they they go along with it, and it's, and they're really not happy. They 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 put it on a performance because, at at least I got a husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's and then some marry for the good old fashioned reason they fall in love, and this is somebody they want to spend their life with, you know. But and then again. With with some refusing to marry, um, someone was talking about. I think it was you who brought up Greg about the corporate um, yes. thing. Uh, you know, I find some women don't want to reverse the roles. In other words, if they make it more than the 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 husband or the husband to be, sometimes that's an issue with the man. Yes. Uh, the, the man feels, you know, okay, I, I miss the mom. And then the, the woman feels, I, I am supporting no dude. <laughs> Supposed to be the one supporting me. And, and so, you know, they said, look, I'm making 100000 a year. I, I'll, I'll just take care of me, yeah. you know. I, I don't have to. I don't have to settle for anything else. But I can. I can buy what I want. I go where I want. 
But still, you know, there's loneliness there because you don't have that special person in your life. So that's refusing to marry because of financial situations or because you're not you're selfish, really. You don't want to give up your space or whatever. You know, those are issues that society has forced on us. And we have been, we, we receive them because, you know, well, that's the way it is. But it's not the way it is. Yeah. I think, personally, marriage, relationship is a threefold cord, according to the word of God, that cannot be broken. Mm-hmm. So it takes the man, woman, and yes, God. Because when you when you stand up before the pastor, he says, in the sight of God and man, do you take this? But a lot of it, God is not in it. Now that's my sermon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you're just tuning in, you're you this is the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have any questions or comments, please give us a call at seven one five zero eight ninety six hundred. Now we had somebody that wasn't supposed to be on tonight. He just popped on. Brian, are you there? I'm here. I know you have something to say. <laughs> wow. How's everybody on the call doing? Good. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You know, it was something that uh, I think it was Mama J. Yes. That said, she was saying how you know we're not teaching. You know that they're not learning or something. I think that's what it. However, she said it. Mm-hmm. My spirit went to the fact that you have a lot of people that are trying to fill a void mm-hmm. in their life. You know, mm-hmm. and they're filling it with, you know, let's say that let's say it's that corporate person. Let's, you know, and for the sake of the argument, let's say it's that, it's that woman that's making that hundred thousand dollars, and she's saying, "I don't want this man because I'm going to have to take care of him." And mm-hmm. uh, oh, she talked about him being selfish. And that selfishness, they have to fulfill that selfish love or that selfish feeling with something. So what they've yeah. replaced it with is that money mm-hmm. or that sorry relationship that they're that they're hoping to uh, fix with that money that they make. You know, and you know the thing that got to me and and that spoke to my spirit in in the book of Deuteronomy, it talked about. The, I think it's Deuteronomy thirty. Let me look at it right quick. Okay, Deuteronomy 32:28 says, "For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them." And so this nation we're talking about is this new generation which is really the old generation and the new generation together that are void of that counsel of what a wife is supposed to do and what a wife is supposed to be, as well as what a husband is supposed to do and what a husband is supposed to be. A husband, uh, definition of husband in the in in the word, talks about somebody who's like a caretaker or a manager, somebody mm-hmm. who's managing something. Like a husbandman would be someone who would take care of the the crops or the sheep, like a shepherd. And then that wife, in Genesis, that wife was given to Adam as a helpmeet, as somebody who can help him meet his needs. And so when you look at those two spectrums, right now we're such that we're such that me generation, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me, that we can't help meet or manage the need. Yes. So so Brian, do you think at some point now this happens a lot, but so do you think that 
the, the, the wife and the husband or the fiancé and the other fiancé, do you think that at some point they begin to compete against each other? Hmm. Well, you know, it depends. Because cause you have different mindsets with different people. Some compete, some become subservient, you know, and some even become dom- dominant. Like you may have in the relationship where the female is more dominant than the man. And so she takes over as the manager, and the man becomes the helpmeet. Well, he just said, yes, ma'am, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I'm all right with that. Okay. Oh, you want to do that? Okay. And so he becomes that helpmeet that just says, whatever you whatever you want to do. Oh, you want your career? Okay, I'm going to help you meet that need. Oh, you want to do this? I'm going to help you meet that need. And that, and that wife becomes that manager when she manages the finances. She manages the household. She manages the relationship. Everything is run through her. Right. And that's completely out of line with what God has set in his word. Yeah. I need to jump in there. I've been, I've been quiet for a second. This is Denisha. I need to jump in there. I was just about to go to you, Denisha. <laughs> because um, we're touching on a lot of surface issues, but the, at, at mm-hmm. the – the issues are far deeper than just what we see because if you really want to touch on why a woman is advancing in her career to, to such a point where she isn't finding any or enough men on her level where she can where, where a husband can find her um, or there's no one looking for her, um, we have to deal with what was set before them. Not only are women not being trained to be wives, oh, they didn't even see their mother as a wife. Their mother wasn't a wife because you know why? She had to play every role. She had to raise the children, be the mother, be the nurturer, also make the money, come home, feed the kids, and be everything because the men left. So, so, so Denisha, you're saying that this woman is uh, saw the mother doing all the roles and now that she is in the corporate world and she's grown up now and, and she any man that, that comes it's kind of not I'm not gonna say it's hard, but it's kind of difficult for her to uh release what she saw and become something that she's never seen in her life. I I'll speak per I'll speak personally. I grew up in a single parent home. Okay. My my mother raised me. And I come from a family full of women who will tell you, you don't need a man. Family full of women who will say, you don't need a man. And, in fact, the people who are married have to keep their marriage (laughs) sort of to themselves to keep the poison out. And I got to a point where I had to learn, okay, wait a minute. God created two people, men and women. Surely he wanted me to get along with the other one. So, why would I? Why I don't want to? I don't want my world full of women. Uh, sorry, I love women. Great. <laughs> don't want my world full of women. So I had to learn. Okay, I don't. I subscribed to that philosophy for a long time, which made me the strong, dominant. I mean, I had the attitude growing up that I wanted to make the more. I wanted to make more money because I wanted the house to be in my name. Because if it didn't work out, he was leaving. Ooh. That was my attitude. Being completely honest. And it wasn't until God started preparing my heart for marriage. Now, I'm not married yet, but I saw him start to shift my heart and say, "What? What? where does this come from? What, you, Men are not your enemy. 
Like, why are you treating them like the enemy? But really, it was because my environment said, because the men didn't step up and the women had to, they became bitter. And so then they turned, they didn't want us to be in their trap. So then they they wanted us, they, the only couple they can give us was to say, never need that. Yeah. Never need that because when we needed it, they didn't show up and we, you guys suffered for it and we suffered for it. So we don't ever want you in that position. Let's just remove the need. But that's unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it creates more children who walk around thinking, I don't need a man, yeah. and all the while yearning for a man. So doing all kind of things and settling and jumping in and out or becoming the kind of person where you just jump from man to man because you don't want to commit to anyone because you don't want that need. Right. Um, so you just jump and keep yeah. and keep it moving. But the the issues are so much deeper than just, you know, the corporate woman who – can't find another guy on her level. Yeah. We have a caller calling from the 850297. Uh, caller, are you there? Yes. Okay. You have a question or a comment for us? <laughs> this is Mary. Hey, Mary. How, you, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm doing great. I think the whole issue is that we do not stick to the doctrine and what the Lord has planned for us. Yes. You know, the Lord did not say we are in a corporate world, this is what has to be. Yes. You know, money is the root of all evil. Yes. And when we go into marriage, when we go into relationships, we don't go into it in a godly manner. Mm. That's the key, I think, Mary. You know, I think, like Denisha and, and everybody on the call have said so far, we go in it for the wrong reasons. And a lot of times, it's not ordered by God, and we go in thinking that we can make this work. We right. have to. We have to. Society has to accept us. So I'm going to marry this man, but it's not your Adam. Right. So and we're doing everything because society has set forth this, yes. and that's not the reason we need to be doing it. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Denisha said preparation for marriage. She was being prepared for it. Do you think the the people now that's not married, do you think that they are honestly getting the preparations from the church or from the counselors to, you know, prepare them for marriage and what marriage is? Honestly, no. Right. Because I, we still have a human side and most people are looking at how much money does he make? Yes. Mm-hmm. What kind of job does he have? Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, if he just has a job, regardless as to what it is, yeah. if the man brings in a paycheck, you know, what dictates what kind of job you have to have to be happy? Right. Right. You know, just like uh, I heard the comment that, you know, Oprah's single. Yes. She's making all this money, but is Oprah happy? <laughs> you know, basically, when it comes down to the bottom line, is Oprah happy? We don't know that. That's true. You know, she acts like she is. She, you know, she she can afford to do anything she wants to do, doesn't have a man. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, is she happy? Yes. Janelle, I had a question yes. for you. Are you there? Okay. You you have your Adam. Yes, I do. 
Why are you laughing? About? Okay, you have your Adam. Yes. What is it like for you to, you know, be at work, and your ha- your Adam is home? Let's say he gets home before you. What is it? What is it that feeling like going home to your Adam? Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's knowing that I have a a partner, a friend, who someone who I can just come home to and and just tell them how my day is, but also get get restored and just get poured back into if especially if something, you know, happened on my job or or if I'm feeling down, you know, he'll just be there to minister to me. And right now, since you know I'm a currently with child, he's he's helping me out as, as you know, as best as he can to try and take away from like some of the things that I would normally do. So yeah. it is just truly a blessing. Yeah. Mama J. Yeah. You have your Adam. Forty three years and counting. Take Amen. Us, Mama J, I want you to do something. Take us down the aisle the day that you were married. Woo-hoo. Take us down that aisle. And I, I mean, when I'm not talking before the marriage, I'm talking about when they said this is this is it. This is a husband and wife. When you turned and looked, what was that like? Take us down the aisle as you walked out. <laughs> Wait a minute, I was laughing. Greg, give me that question again. <laughs> I want you to take us with you. None of us were there when you were married. Take us into your world and let us know what you thought. What What did you feel when you married your husband? I feel. Okay. You know, the, the, the story is, and it's true, when, when they said, do you take this man? I was standing there thinking, do I want somebody else to tell me what to do? <laughs> Leaving my daddy's house, do I? And my daddy had to poke me. <laughs> That's the truth. Because all these things at that moment were going through my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Um, but but I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt I had a good man standing beside me. But the 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 point uh, of it all was that I've always been sort of headstrong, you know? Yes. And, I, and, and because I grew up in a different culture, culture of islands where you, you, you strictly obeyed your parents. I don't care how old you were. You did what you were told. I knew what I was leaving. And I thought, okay, I'm told that I have to be submissive. I have to, do I really, really want somebody to tell me what to do every step of the way without having some break in between? You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. And I know what you're saying. Some question earlier, I think it was you, Greg, which is so good. About the preparation for marriage, I, I don't. I don't think we have the role models um, that we need. You know, we we go to school for four years to get our degrees, or six years, or whatever you to get, you, you study to get that to that place. But what do you do about becoming a good wife, a, a good partner? How much studying and preparation do you have? Oh, just what you see on television? And that's no good. You know, if that's what you're going by, you don't have a good role model. And you may not have had it in your home. You may not have seen your parents loving on each other, so you just don't know 
how how to be a good wife. So you you have to learn by trust and error. You see what I'm saying? And uh, I I just think as somebody said, we fail, we fail, we fail as educators, we fail as as parents, we fail as clergy, every area, by not teaching. Yes. Yes, Mama J, you're breaking up on us. Oh, am I really? Not, is it better? Yes, this is better. Okay, um, we, you know, we we need we we don't have we don't have that roadmap. The roadmap is in the word, but we're not studying it. There you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Got the roadmap, but we are not following the roadmap. We 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 take detours. And our detours is because we come before God with our little shopping list. Like I said, this is what we want in a mate. This is what, and, and, and I think, I honestly think the reason some people don't marry men and women is because they're looking, the married couples today, and they go, if that's what it is, I don't want it. Amen. You know. That's so true. Like, I, I think I have to be thankful for the Adam that I got. Amen. But I, I told people, you know, some, this is another thing. People look at couples. They look at the the people standing in front of them. They look at the pastors. And they, oh, I, I wish I, when I get a husband, I want one just like you. I said, unless you're willing to pay the price, mm-hmm. don't ask for it. Right. Because as much as I love this man, <laughs> and as much I'm stuck with him, there were times I was ready to flush him down the commode, but I was holding his legs just in case I changed my mind at the last minute. <laughs> Brian, let me ask you this. What do you say, you know, there's so many women, we're talking about women tonight, there's so many women out there that want to be married, and they're getting frustrated because there's no good man. There's no good man. I want to get married. I want to be married. Are they prepared for it? Do they know? Yeah. Greg, why do they want to be married? Mm-hmm. Is it because the flesh and they don't want to fornicate? Let's be straight here. No. Yes, ma'am. I know. What re- what uh, what what reason is it behind? Like you said, I want to get married. I want to get married. You know, just like my student told me, she said, I don't want to have babies with him because he he makes pretty babies. I said, well, he takes a pretty mama too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Why why do why do you want to get married? You have to ask yourself that, to be honest with yourself. Why? How many married people do we have on the call? I'm married. I'm married. I'm married. Four. I think it's four. Everybody but me. I'm representing the single folks today. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Brian, you want, to, you want to take a stab at that? Absolutely. I want to uh, actually bolster what uh, Mama Jay said. You know, why do they want to get married? You know, in, in the in the word, Paul says it's better for them to marry than to burn. And mm-hmm. a lot of times they're burning with that desire, not really understanding the reason why Paul said it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in First Corinthians, I believe it was in the seventh chapter, he talked about that extensively. He talked about when you had unbelieving husbands and unbelieving wives, and but he made a point to say, is you know, if you burning, go ahead and get married, and we'll work the rest of it out later. And he then he starts explaining why he had to work the rest of it out. But he would rather you marry and figure it out, figure out the purpose for marriage on the you know on the way then to fornicate. So, Brian, what about the women chasing their lovers, though? I mean, you know, that happens. You know, we have the, uh, a woman may hold on to this man and say, you know what, he'll change at some point. We we can grow to love each other. We can get married, and we can we can work it out. Well, see, you got to understand also, the Bible speaks of that. It says, uh, and I remember you said it earlier, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtained honor for the Lord. And so... If you got a woman that's out there, she's doing it the wrong way. She's not doing it the way that Lord said do it. She's gonna, she's not gonna find that husband, not the one that the Lord sent her. You know, he, like you said, he might send her a Ray Ray or a Pookie or you know, <laughs> or somebody like that. But he's not gonna send her her Adam. What does the word say? Do you have it there? Hold on, hold on. I'll know, find it. I know Brian has got it. I know he's got it. It's Hosea two seven. Hosea 2.7 says, And she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better, it was better with me than now. For then it was better with me than now. So now what that says, Hosea 2.7, see, She's out there. She's chasing all these lovers, all these men, or all these things that, that in essence, is going to be her God. When her first love, her her husband should have been God first. See, we got in order to be in order to marry somebody, you got to be married to God first. See, you have to be married, and you have to be obedient to His word first. Just like in a marriage, that wife has to obey or be obedient to her husband. It says that in the Word. That ain't what I'm saying. It's what the Word says. That husband has to love. See, there's, there's, this, there's this symbiotic relationship with, with love and obedience. See, if you love me, you'll be obedient to me. And if you're obedient to me, that means you love me. And this is what God is saying about his Word. That's why in, in, uh, First Corinthians, in uh, Ephesians, he equated it to the church in Christ. He said, love like Christ loved. <laughs> and, and there's no greater love than what Christ did. I mean, he gave his life for us, you know. And so clearly he had to love us in order to do that because if you don't love somebody, you're not going to give your life for them. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you might decide, you know how people say, I love my country, I'm willing to die for my country. Well, see, that was, that was just a country. You know, that's a physical thing. That's a country. He died for you, and you weren't worthy. Mm. And so now this is the type of love that God is saying a husband has to have for a wife. Right. Now, how is he going to do that if he's not taught? Mm. How is that woman going to be able to obey if she's not taught? And see, we look at that word, I ain't obeying nobody. I ain't doing nothing nobody say. But see, you obey somebody. If you're not obeying the word of God, you obeying the devil. You obedient to His word. 
if you're not obedient to God's word, see, there's, you know, there's, there's no escaping it. You're obedient to something. And, see, that's what we fall into. We, we don't look at it in the terms of this is a spiritual thing. See, marriage is not something physical, okay? I get married so I can have sex, so I can have somebody that's warm in the side of my bed and somebody can help me pay bills and all that. See, marriage is spiritual. That's why it can only be ordained by God. And God set it up. You know, it's not something that, that, that a man comes up and say, I now pronounce you husband and wife. No, God set that up. They weren't doing marriage ceremonies until you had the Roman time. Before then, it was like, okay, that's your wife, that's your husband. You're going to give me a certain amount of sheep and goat so uh, you can take that daughter. And, okay, and then y'all go in and y'all conjugate that thing. Now that's your wife. You can't leave her. <laughs> that's how it used to be set up. Yeah. And then from the hardening of hearts, you had this thing called divorce. <laughs> These men start coming up with some new crazy stuff. See, was, see man created divorce. It wasn't God. Because he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So why would he create a situation that you can leave from his presence? See, it's a three-way relationship. Marriage. It's a three-way relationship. So God would never create something that you can leave from his presence. If you can remember, it was uh, it was Moses' father-in-law who said, you know, hey, man, you better, you better do something about that. People crazy. So Moses said, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll do that. You know, but but the whole point of why women won't marry, they haven't been taught that obedience is okay. They haven't been taught that, sac- that, that you know, it says obedience is better than sacrifice. It, it's okay to sacrifice that little bit of obedience. On the divorce issue, and and we have so many women going into marriages now, we have a lot of women that's just saying, you know what, I'm not going to go through that because I can have a man, he can have his place, I have my place. And when we're together, we're together, we get upset, he can go his way and I can go my way. Do you think? Or do you think they're making it easier? They're trying to get around the marriage thing and make it comfort comfortable to them. I have to be honest. I think you're talking about two different sets of women. There are worldly women, and then there mm-hmm. are women who really are in the church and really would prefer to live a life that's pleasing to God. Right. Mm-hmm. And I tend to have more friends that are in the church and that really want to live a life that's pleasing to God. And so the people that I know. Mo- best aren't interested in him having his place and her having her place. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wanted to touch on bringing a little bit of reality back to the discussion because, in theory, all of that is great. Everything that Brian just gave is great and it's awesome. But when you're 42 and you've never been married and you want to have a child, that is not going to sustain you. Um. When you're look, I have friends who are 40, 42, 45, never been married, and are sh- and want to have children. I had one friend tell me she didn't do it, but she was so frustrated. She said, "If God doesn't bring me my Adam soon and do it the right way, I'm just gonna do it the wrong way." Mm. So she knew that it was the wrong way, but she was so frustrated and so tired of being single 
and so tired of doing it the right way because for some reason we've been taught to believe that if you do things God's way, then life will be better for you. But it seems that the the people that are out in the world can grab a spouse like that. But if you if you trying to live it and do it God's way and wait for the one God has for you, who wants to be forty two years old getting ready to give birth to a baby? Or not even don't even have a prospect of giving birth. And they're forty two and and forty five and when you're in that when you're in that position, the word is awesome. And I'm not going to ever deny that the world can't transform or do anything. But when you're in that situation day after day, year after year, and someone brings a scripture that 20 other people have brought to you and nothing has changed in your circumstances, at some point it's all cloudy. Mm-hmm. And God is not the author of confusion, so I'm not at all suggesting that there isn't something that needs to take place in these people's lives, but when you bring it back to reality, it's it's so much more challenging than just I want a man or just I want to have a baby. It is I am I have almost lived probably what is going to be half of my life by myself. Mm-hmm. That is very challenging when you have someone who is yearning for a spouse and wants the relationship to be blessed by God, what do you tell? I mean, it's different when you're 20 and even when you're 30. Like, I'm 33. I'm not pressed. I want to get married, but I'm not pressed. But I see my friends in turmoil, in tears, because they can't, there's nothing else that satisfies that yearning for a spouse. What do you tell them? Yes, we have. Can I speak to that, Greg? Yes, go ahead. Okay. I believe that a lot of the a lot of your friends that you're talking about, uh-huh. they have to look back at what they did and the steps they made and the the things that they that they did prior to that decision that they wanted to be married, that they wanted to have children. You know, there are some people who, you know, for some reason can never have children. They they can never have them. Physically, they are not able to have children. Right. And so they ask, for, they ask God for that same question. Now, God says in his due time, and God also says that don't ask a selfish prayer. You know, don't get selfish with your prayers. Don't ask for something that just so you can have it, so you can say, I have it. You know, a lot of times people have these selfish prayers, and I'm not saying that the fact that they want to get married is a selfish prayer or the fact that they want to have a child is a selfish prayer. What I'm saying is that they've gone through and did everything that they, you know, that they wanted to do, and now that they're, you know, out of that, that window period, now, they're saying, now they have this sense of urgency wherein if they would have been obedient from the start, if they would have been obedient with what the Word says from the start, see, God's not going to just, come up and say out of the blue, okay, you know what, I know you were disobedient all this time, and so I'm going to give you that thing you asked for, you know. No, God's going to say, I, I forgive you, but there is a consequence for your actions. Now, I forgive you. I forgive you for what you did, but understand there's a consequence. You know, it's like when you, when you get cut. You're playing with a knife and you cut yourself. You bleed a little bit. You get a Band-Aid. Mama kiss it for you, and 
when it heals up, what's left? There's a scar. And see, sometimes these, these scars, they're, they're trying to pull off that scar like or, or act like the scar wasn't never there as if what they did prior to doesn't have any effect on what they're going through now. See, in my relationship, in, in my, my relationship, I did it backwards. I had children first, and then I married my wife. And so as a consequence, all the blessings that I was supposed to have through marriage, I'm only getting a small, small portion of what God wanted to bless me with. See, I'm having to build myself up as Adam for my wife versus being that Adam that, she, that, that found her, being that Adam that birthed her into the world. See, I, I, I'm sort of like jackleg Adam. I'm his, I'm, I'm, I'm his half-cousin, twice removed. And I got to now become that Adam for my wife versus being that Adam from the start. We have uh, someone from the 609 area code, I think. This is our guest from last week. A1, are you there? <laughs> you know me so well. What's going on, brother? <laughs> I know you want to chime in, man. Come on, tell us what you what you got for us. Oh man, I'm just sitting back. I've been listening and um praying. God bless all of y'all. It's nice to hear y'all on the radio tonight. Um, okay. <laughs> um I, I was actually having a conversation with a young lady who lives across the street from me um tonight, and she was talking about she saw one of my friends that I grew up with, and she was like, "When are you going to bring some good men around here?" Right. So I told her, I said, "Well, I hang with a certain caliber of people." I say. I don't hang with any deadbeat, halfway people. All of my people are good people, you know. I said, the problem is, you know, the world always says a good man is hard to find. And a man of God is even hard to find. Can I get a witness, ladies? Amen. 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 So, Amen. So what you have, you have a generation of young, saved women who aren't willing to sacrifice their relationship with God for the sake of having a man, which is a good thing. And I believe that God will, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if they're diligent in seeking God, he will reward them with their hearts of, their heart's desire, which may be that man of God that they've been waiting for. The problem is that there are so many men out there that are flaky and shaky in their manhood that they don't mm-hmm. accept the, the man of God that God needs in the house Amen. so that women can have a covering. So I think one of the major reasons why women of God don't marry is because they're not willing to compromise their relationship with God just to get that diamond ring on their finger. And that's oh, now preach. <laughs> and that and that's and that's the beautiful thing because when you truly put God first, He will take care of your business. But it's, it's a lot of a lot of times what happens is those sisters they get so weary in well doing that they fail to reap because they faint. And the Bible tells us, you know, you got to faint not. And if you don't faint, then in the end you will receive your prize. And, you know, I just wanted to call in and encourage the sisters, don't faint because this isn't a scripture, but the race isn't given to the swift, but it's about endurance. It's not a marathon. It's not be, be saved for three years and God will send you your husband. No, it's about endurance. It's about pressing to the mark of the higher calling. It's about reaching the race to finish to the end, to fight the good fight, complete your course. So when the women of God stay focused and complete their course, then they will get their hearts desire. And it's the same thing for the men. The problem is the men, they smut around a lot. And my bishop always tells me something. Disobedience 
does not disqualify, but it does delay. So just because mm. you messed up and made a mistake, you might have missed your your blessing in this season, but that season will come again. So you have to get that thing right, and you have to be obedient. And it doesn't mean you've been disqualified, but it very well probably delayed what God had planned for you. But it will come around again. You just have to prove and show God that you're faithful. Like they said, he's a jealous God. He's not going to have a husband, a child, a job, a car, a career, anything come before him. And if everything isn't put in a proper perspective, then you're not going to get whatever it is. It's, it, it's serious. It's not just about a husband or finding a wife, but it's about why people's relationships with God don't ultimately blossom into the thing that they're supposed to be because we always have idols in front of them. Some, sometimes the husband Ooh. might be that idol. Sometimes the wife might be that idol. Sometimes the kids might be that idol. So we have to be. We have to keep God first. When we keep God first, whatever your heart's desire is, whether it's to be successful, a movie star, an actor, a husband, a wife, you'll get that thing. So, so you're saying that a, a lot of times, uh, some of the women they place this husband above God, and and sometimes because that's their intent, that this marriage thing probably won't happen because they're so anxious. And then the word says, "Be anxious for nothing." But in all my ways, <laughs> make your supplication known to the Lord. I probably misquoted that, but you, you get the gist of it. Even better yet, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Have and not. ask, but you ask amiss that it may be consumed upon your lust. So a lot of times people are praying, give me a husband, but they want a husband is to con- because it wants to be consumed upon their lust. And God knows you put that husband before me and you're going to be messed up. So I can't give you that thing. Right. Um, um, the, 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 the most important thing even about your prayer life is that, when you're seeking God, your prayer life will line up with what God wants. You'll, your, your prayer life won't be selfish anymore. I think one of the sisters was talking was talking about how a lot of people want to be be married because out of out, out of selfishness. But when you truly start focusing on God, then your prayer life will line up with what His kingdom wants and what His kingdom desires. So you'll no longer be praying praying to fulfill the lust of your flesh, but you'll be praying to to, to fulfill the will of the Father and. When, you, when you're praying like that and when you're living to uh, fulfill the will of the Father, then you're walking in his divine will and you're walking in your divine purpose, and then your divine mate, will, you'll walk right into them. <laughs> you'll walk right into them because you'll, you'll walk right into your blessing. The Bible tells us that the blessings of God will overtake you. You don't have to pray. They'll come and get you. They'll come and seek you out if you're in his divine will. You don't have to seek. You don't have to look. You don't have to. Your blessings will overtake you, I, and, and that's the word of God. It's not a one, that's, and, and I believe his word is true, so I follow that, and, and, and if I just follow him, then my blessings, I'll run into them. Let me ask this question to anyone on the panel. If you agree with me, tell me. If you don't, uh, tell me also. I think I think one of the main questions that anyone should ask and have an answer for is how will God get the glory out of this relationship, do you guys agree? Anyone? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. A one. Yeah. With 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 that being said, when we sit down and, and we put this thing on paper, and we write it down, and we want okay, this is what I want versus what the world is saying. What I what I mean by this is what I want is it. You know, is God going to get the glory out of this? Or are we saying, God, you know what? Let your will be done in this relationship. 
So you be the head of this and you lead me and guide me where I need to be so I don't step outside and not be aligned with you and do the wrong thing and marry the wrong woman. I I tell you, just like I said last week, man, I put all the onus on the man. I really do because there are a lot of women who grew up in the church and they hook up with the wrong man and they wind up falling away because they're simply following the lead of their headship in their house that they've connected themselves to. So I always put the onus on the man of God to be the priest of the house, to be the head that God has called us to be. Um, women have, they definitely have to make their own decisions and their own choices, but that man is the born leader, and I believe that God will always put a higher level of accountability on the man. Having said that, the man is constantly supposed to be seeking God, to hear from God for direction as far as who to marry, how to go about, you know, pursuing that person. I mean, how to go about talking to that person. Me being married, so many times I, I hold my tongue because I know it's not going to be fruitful for my marriage. So I have to – when you really love somebody, it means you never have to say you're, you're sorry. I'll put it that way. Because if you really love somebody, then you'll consider them before you act out, before you make that selfish decision. I don't say things out of my mouth that I know will be truly detrimental to my marriage. I may say some things bluntly and harsh because they need to be said in order to build my wife up to strengthen her, but I know those are areas that God is telling me she needs to be strengthened in because of what God has called us to do as a team in ministry. Then there are other times where I have to back up, where I have to swallow it because I say, because God speaks to me, how am I going to get the glory out of that comment that you're about to make? How are you helping her? How are you building her up? How are you training her, fortifying her to become the woman of God, or better yet, to become the help me, the partner that you need so that you can fulfill your destiny in leadership? So, I mean, it's important, and, and a lot, and everybody, everybody isn't like that. I, I don't believe, I don't believe in dating per se. I don't believe that you should be, because there's, there's just, you shouldn't be grouped into a couple, a man and a woman. If God shows you someone, you should be able to get to a certain level of intimacy without having to be called a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Where is that in the Bible? But I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. But my whole thing is for women who want to be husbands, I mean, excuse me, for women who want to be wives and men who want to be husbands, if you're a wife or a husband, then be that. I'm learning that in ministry. Whatever it is your calling is, be that. You don't need the title a wife or a husband to be a wife or a husband, with the exception of sleeping. Just follow I'm, sleeping together. Just follow me for a second. The Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing, right? That's what we were talking about a minute ago. So basically, Let me quickly say something here. Let me quickly say this. Go ahead. You know, uh, the, um, we will work hard to obtain something, but when we obtain it, we don't work hard to keep it. That's right. That's very true. But that's why, that's why you have to obtain it. For, it, it, you it, have, it you have to obtain, well, Mama Jay, you're, you're breaking up on us really bad. I'm sorry. Can you hear me any better? Yes, yes. Okay. Once you get it, the task is just beginning. See? I remember years ago this young man, he heard the scripture that, that Awan just quoted, a man that finds a wife. Sign is a good thing. And he went to the mall. This is true. This is somebody I know. And I saw him at the mall that day, and I said, what are you doing here, Ray? He said, well, 
I'm trying to find a wife because I'm trying to find a good thing. I said, oh, you don't get it that way. He was standing at the mall that day, y'all, trying to find a wife. Get <laughs> a special going. You know, he literally took that word and ran with it. But for those of us who are thinking, those of us who have a mate, how much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice? Hold on to that. Well, I, I, that was a question. Well, I, I just want to say that's why it's important that you become, you start walking in the character of that thing you want to be before you ever get the title. Because then, once you get the title, it's not, it's not that you, you're maintaining that thing. You've already become that thing. Before God revealed who my wife was to me, I was treating all women like I planned to treat my wife. I was opening doors for them. I was helping them in their lives. If, they, if I was seeing a woman who had a child, then I would be careful and cautious. I was respectful to her mother. So then when God finally showed my mate, I didn't have to put on a facade. It wasn't maintenance. It was something that I had trained and practiced and incorporated into my lifestyle so that I could become. And that's what I say the same thing to the women. Don't put on your best, best front when you think you found Mr. Right. Put on your best front all the time, so when you find Mr. Right, you won't have to become something that you're not prepared to be. You'll already be that thing. You'll already be trained in it. You'll be you coming home and cooking. Just if that, as an example, that's not what all women have to do. Don't get it wrong. But coming home and cooking dinner for your husband won't be a task if you've been coming home and preparing a meal every day. It'll just be a part of who you are. You, you understand what I'm saying? Don't wait till you you're married to try to become a wife because then it's too late. Become the things that you know a wife is supposed to be. If you believe that, start, start being an intercessory prayer for people in your church. Start being that helper to the ministry so that when God sends you your man, you'll always already be proficient in those things. So, and so and one, you know, even with, with you saying that, you're, you're saying to the women and the men, be who you want to be. And what I get from that is that's, that's basically you're working your faith. It, it, exactly. Exactly. If you think you're going to be a wife, start being a wife now so when God sends you your husband, you'll knock him off. You'll be ready for the mission. The best time to prepare for war is not in war, but it's during peace. So when the battle comes, you'll already be proficient in warfare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted, and I wanted to say to, to submit, submit the desire unto God because, like I said before, I was the person who was the domineering, strong woman, and then God touched my heart and said, you keep talking about you want to be married, but who, wh- why? Why would you? Why would anybody ever want to marry a woman who wants to be in control and can't allow, allow a man to be who he is supposed to be? And then God slowly allowed me to see where I was thinking wrong, and he changed back. He changed my heart. He changed my thought patterns. He gave me the thought to shut up. You don't have, even if you got the answer, you don't have to give it. Just be quiet. I was not that person before. So I would say submit the desire unto God and really, really trust that he will lead you down the path to become that wife. And you know what, Denisha, I think with your girlfriends, do you, do you think that they are not settling? We have one minute left. Do you think that they are waiting right now or 
not selling for anything. I'm sure they can just get married whenever they exactly. No, they're, right. they're they're definitely not selling. They really do want the one that God has for them, um, and they're not selling. But they really are frustrated. They yeah. really are frustrated and tired, and and probably scared of a life of loneliness. Yes, yes. They well, just yes. have to stay in the scriptures. Have to stay in that word. <laughs> stay in the word. Tell them to stop looking. <laughs> And let the Lord send us. Well, we've run out of time, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on tonight. It's been a wonderful show, just like I said it. I knew it would be. I knew it would be. You know, 60, 60 minutes is just not enough time for us to really get this this show out there to, to help people. And I think, you know, within the 60 minutes, I think we've done a great job. But um, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office More than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.